Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 192 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. So this week, I'm sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet to help you be able to deepen your faith in the reality that God never fails. He doesn't. Even when it seems like he does, it's just our perspective. And many times we can attest to that. Uh, when we look back and we can go, oh, when I thought God wasn't there, there he was. The whole uh, reason why the poem Footprints in the Sand, um, you know, is so popular is because that's exactly what is going on. So this week, I'm trying to give you some inspiration and some encouragement to know that God never fails. It's especially hard to know that right now with everything going on in the world, uh, with the continued war in the Ukraine, with the recent atrocities and attacks that uh, were conducted by Hamas uh, against uh, Israelis in in Israel, Um, with all the different things that are going on in the world, it can be very difficult to have the faith that God never fails that he always comes through. So I hope that this episode really gives you some hope, but especially that it encourages you in the midst of what might be a very trying time for you personally, or to be able to persevere in the midst of the trying times that we are all seeing in our world today. See you on the flip side. Hey, Christina Simmons from the Say Yes to Holiness podcast here. And just a quick reminder that if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that icon button, you know, so you get notifications, hit the bell. And also, uh, so you get notified when I go live on the YouTube channel. And also, if you're listening to this on your podcast, you know, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, make sure to also hit the notification button and to subscribe so that you'll be notified anytime I post a new podcast. So without further ado, let me begin with our food for the head, heart, hands, and feet. Our food for the head comes from St. Pope John Paul II. Taking up into heaven, Mary shows us the way to God, the way to heaven, and the way to life. Why is this food for the head? Because we need to remember that the path that we are striving to walk upon, this path towards holiness, is one that many have walked before us, but none more perfectly than Mary. 
Now, a lot of people would make the argument and say that, well, that's because she, she didn't have any sin. Well, not quite true. She didn't have to struggle with original sin and concupiscence, but she still had temptation. She still had to choose to say yes and to remain in union with God's will each and every day, especially in the midst of the challenges that she faced. But this is why it's so important for us to look to Mary as a model, as well as our intercessor, of course, the number one intercessor of all time. But we look to Mary because she's a model for us of how it is possible for us to be in union with God, of how it is possible for us to find our way to heaven with God's grace, of course, and it is possible for our way of living. She shows us that we are to be in union with Jesus. We are to walk closely with him. We are to be in union with him each and every moment that we can. And St. Pope John Paul II is a beautiful model and example of this as well. Mary was his patron, for lack of a better term. His papal motto was, you know, totus tuus, totally yours. Um, he firmly was convinced and he expressed publicly many times of how it was during the assassination attempt that happened on May 13th, um, uh, 1982. He was convinced that, as he said, one hand fired the bullet, another hand guided the bullet. He was convinced that Mary ensured that he survived so that he would then be able to do the work that God had you know, set aside for him. And one of the big things is, is that Mary shows us the way to God. She also shows us, again, how to live life with strength and fortitude and wisdom but especially her faith, her faith that all of God's promises are going to come to be. She didn't have the benefit that we have of knowing that the fullness of revelation has come about, that Jesus Christ came, he suffered and died for us, and the doors are open for us if we choose it. Mary didn't have that. She was still waiting for the Messiah, but she believed in God's promises. She believed that it was going to come about. And how did she know that? Because of her deep immersion and knowledge of sacred scripture. Not sacred scripture as we know it. It was, of course, the, the Jewish scriptures, the Torah, and then the wisdom literature, the Psalms, you know, the, the books of the prophets. But she immersed herself in them. And so she, her faith was rock solid. And she was waiting for God's promises to come about. In Mary's time, you know, as I was saying, God's you know, word would have been the law, the Torah, the major minor prophets, and then the writings of the Psalms, Proverbs, you know, Job, Esther, Daniel, Song of Solomon. As she spent time in prayer and meditation with God's word, that faith became a deep and abiding one. One that was also childlike in his trust 
and innocence. And it caused her, it transformed her even more so into an obedient and humble servant. In fact, this is the Angelus, you know, uh, the uh, angel of the Lord declared unto Mary and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. And then what is next? Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to thy word. Let it be done to me according to thy word. This is obedience and humility. This is what we are striving for, to have that childlike innocence and simplicity that is open because of its trust in God's promises. God's promises to each of us is that he is a good father, that he loves us. In fact, he delights in us. We are beloved children. And he promises that all things will be taken care of, that he will take care of us if we remain faithful, if we continue to say yes to the invitations he places before us. Might not be the Archangel Gabriel showing up in our lives, but we do have those opportunities, those invitations that God places before us to say yes to his will. And we are able to get better at recognizing those invitations when we have immersed ourselves in his word, just like Mary did. Because then we hear him whispering to us and we immediately are able to recognize when he is prompting us to do something, to say something, to be a part of something, and to have faith in whatever it is that is going on because God is faithful. Mary spent her lifetime growing in her faith. She spent her entire lifetime, even though she walked with Jesus for 33 years, she was intimate in an intimate relationship with him each and every day. She still had to grow in her faith. So we shouldn't become discouraged. Rather, we should know that if we follow Mary's path, then we too will grow in faith. And if we follow the same path of spending time in prayer and meditation, of being humble and obedient, of being childlike in our trust and our innocence, then we too are going to be able to find God and are going to be able to be with him in heaven for all eternity. So we need to be attentive to doing as Mary did. Spend time immersing ourselves in God's word so that our faith is such that we can withstand anything and we know the way to God, the way to heaven, the way to life. Our food for the heart comes from Saint Dulce Pontes. She says, we must know how to forgive to live in peace and unity. This is a very difficult one for us to ponder right now, particularly if you're looking at what's going on in the Middle East, in Israel with the Hamas attacks, 
um, and the absolute brutality. And um, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's unconscionable to see what, what happened. Um, it's something that we have to, and it's been going on in the Ukraine, of course, now for a year and a half. But it was put on graphic display by Hamas when they invaded Israel and attacked and killed women and children, even men who they had no weapons, they, they had no way to defend themselves, they were just mowed down. This is no different than, you know, a shooter at a school or at a, at a mall or a concert. In fact, they hand glided into a concert um, and mowed people down. There was no, you know, there was no warning. But the fact is, is that we have to learn how to forgive so that we can live in peace and unity. And I was listening to a podcast um, episode that was done by the Free Press uh, with Barry Weiss, and she interviewed Condoleezza Rice who was National Security Advisor and also uh, Secretary of State. Um, she was National Security Advisor just after 9-11 and Secretary of State after uh, General Colin Powell uh, retired. But the fact is, is that both, you know, she was speaking about, and I, I've always desired this as well, which is the long-term solution is to have two states, to have the State of Israel and a state of Palestine. The issue fundamentally is is that um, many, especially like Hamas, um, which, by the way, is recognized as a terrorist organization. So, okay, um, so don't get wrapped up into this whole thing of you know Palestinian freedom fighters. Okay, um, even those in the Middle East do not like Hamas. But the fact is is that. If we are to live in peace and unity someday, we need to know how to forgive. So the question then becomes, how do we forgive such actions like what we saw on October 7th? Interestingly enough, on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. But how does this apply to us? We need to be willing to set aside all of those resentments, all of those hurts, those wounds, those those things that we are holding on to so that we can live in peace and unity. Forgiveness is always about the person who's forgiving. So it's about, for example, if somebody has offended me or has hurt me, forgiveness is about me, the forgiver, not about the person being forgiven. And why is this? Because when we forgive, then our minds are at peace and our souls are at rest. This is how we come to peace. When we do this, then we are able to be in unity with ourselves, which then creates the capacity for us to be in unity with others. Because we are at peace. And when we do this, then we become capable of being in union with God. 
we have to learn how to forgive. What is the solution in the Middle East? I don't know. It's beyond my pay grade, is you know what we used to say in the military. But the fact is, is that we have to know how to set aside these atrocities. Not, you know, say they're okay. Those who committed them, there needs to be justice. There needs to be an you know, insurance that it doesn't happen again. But there's also justice due um, to the families who lost loved ones. Um, but so often our justice looks like revenge. And that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness isn't to forget. That's far from it. Rather, it's to allow God to release you from the power of the pain of the wound that has been committed against you. Doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. But when you allow God to do this in your life, then you become full of God's love and mercy. Then you are filled with peace and you're open to unity with God, within yourself, and with others. We have to take that first step. We have to be willing to do this for ourselves, for others, and for the world. Our Food for the Hands comes from Dom Lorenzo Scupoli, and it's from his book, The Spiritual Combat and a Treatise on Peace of the Soul. He writes, This is the difference between a journey on earth and that which leads to heaven. For in the former, not only may we stop without fear of going backward, but rest is necessary that we may sustain our strength to the journey's end. However, in the latter journey, what leads to perfection, our growth and strength is proportionate to our advance, inasmuch as the inferior appetites, which throw all possible obstacles in our path to heaven, grow gradually weaker, while our good inclinations acquire new strength. Thus, as we advance in piety, our early difficulties fade into the background, and a certain delight with which God sweetens the bitterness of this life increases in our souls. Going cheerfully on from virtue to virtue, we finally reach the summit of the mountain. Dom Lorenzo uh, shares very important wisdom for us about how we can continue our journey towards heaven. And it's, we must never stop. We can't stop. We have to continually be striving to advance in our piety, to go cheerfully from virtue to virtue, as he describes it, as we're moving towards the summit of the mountain of God's mountain. Why? Well, he tells us this too. Because our growing in strength is in proportion to our advance in piety, virtue, trust, and faith. It's in proportion. Our strength is only in proportion to how we are advancing. So if you're struggling right now, my question to you would be, how how well are you advancing in your in your desire or in your practice of piety or in your desire to grow in virtue how much are you trusting where's your faith 
this is, you know, we have to grow in these capacities so that we can continue to advance. When we pause, when we think that we've made it, and it's like, oh, my prayer is pretty good, you know, my prayer is good, you know, um, and uh, I'm, I'm not killing anybody, my virtue is okay, um, I trust, you know, I, I rely on God, um, you know, I, I have faith in Him, but the truth is that we must be continuing to deepen these things, we must be continuing to advance because if we don't Dom Lorenzo tells us then we go backwards there's no standing still on the pilgrimage towards heaven now I know that this reality can seem very overwhelming and even disheartening at times especially if we're struggling yeah but we instead should flip that and we should rejoice in the fact that God is going to sweeten any bitterness of life that we encounter. If we have faith in him. So that, that's, the, that's the key, right? If we're struggling, have faith that God is working. And persevere. Continue the advance. It might only be a centimeter of an advance. But continue the advance. Don't stop. Don't set it aside. Don't go, oh, this isn't working. Never mind. Oh, I'm never going to get there. I'm not going to be a saint. No. You have been created to be a saint. To be a unique and unrepeatable sign of God's love and mercy in the world. To be a living, breathing wonder-working saint. This is what you and I have been created to be. And if you have forgotten this, if you've forgotten this, remember, remember this. Remember that you are not built for anything but greatness. You are not created for anything but greatness and glory doesn't matter what the world says. All that matters is what God says. And what God says is that you are beloved. He delights in you. He can't wait to spend all eternity with you. That's why he came. That's why he spent time with us. That is why he died on the cross for us. He opened up the doors to heaven so we could be with him for all eternity. But we have to do our part. We have to be willing to to keep going. Doesn't matter how difficult it is, doesn't matter what's going on, we stay focused and we trust. We have faith that God is going to help us get to him. He's done all of this for us. He did all of this for us. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He loves us. Don't forget that. And when someone loves you, aren't you willing to do anything that you can? We got to do the same. So continue to grow and to persevere and deepen your faith. Continue to persevere. Be in pursuit. Advance. Always advance. Our food for the feet comes from St. John of the Cross. 
He writes, Whenever anything disagreeable or displeasing happens to you, remember Christ crucified and be silent. <laughs> to put it in a more, you know, common way, hey, cut the complaining. You don't have it bad. Look at Jesus on the cross. You think you got it bad? Don't think so. So be silent. Stop the grumbling. Stop the murmuring. Whenever you run into anything disagreeable or displeasing that happens to you, cut the complaining. We got nothing to complain about. There's a couple of things that are going on when we do, when we do complain. Um, you know, and one is that we want people to see what we're having to deal with and we want support and there's nothing wrong with that but to go around complaining all the time when victory has been won for us is actually showing our lack of faith in god's promises mary again going back to mary as we began with she is a model for us of how it is that you can remain silent in the face of anything disagreeable or displeasing. She watched her son be crucified on the cross. And before that, she watched him be scourged. And before that, she watched him as he was beaten and dragged about through the city of Jerusalem from place to place as they were trying to figure out what to do with him before they finally said, crucify him. And then he carries a cross throughout the city, up to Golgotha, and then he's crucified. I would definitely say that rates as disagreeable and displeasing. And she didn't complain. Why? Because she trusted and had faith. We have to do the same thing. When we're silent, it doesn't mean that we're being we're agreeing with something or you know this is subservient acquiescence. And I'm talking about when we're encountering displeasing things. Okay? Rather, we need to look at it as we are saying yes to whatever those difficulties or challenges are in our lives at that time. That we are saying yes, Lord. I, I'm, I'm trusting that you've got this and you're going to help me with this. So anytime that we run into anything we don't like, we didn't choose, we can't change, we don't understand, those are all things that are disagreeable and displeasing. So anytime that we run into any of that, remember Christ on the cross. Remember how much he gave for us. He gave everything. And we can give him a little bit of our will. And we can remain silent in the face of our challenges and be obedient. When we do that, our silence speaks volumes of our faith. And we'll be just like Mary was at the foot of the cross. Mary shows us how to do this time and time again. Anytime we meditate upon 
any of the mysteries of the rosary, but especially the sorrowful mysteries. And I invite you to step into the school of Mary, as Pope St. John Paul II called it, and learn everything and anything that you need in order to have a faith similar to hers so that we can come to the end of this journey, be perfected, reach the top of the mountain, and be with God for all eternity. Because that's what we were created for. So advance. Keep advancing. Persevere. And know that God never fails. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, one is to definitely spend time immersing yourself in God's word. Whatever part of scripture has brought you comfort before, dive deep into that. Or if you're looking for someplace new, try the Psalms as a start or Proverbs. Or look at the prophecies that Isaiah gave us about the coming Messiah. Or perhaps it's the stories of like when the Archangel Raphael was sent to Tobit, to Tobias and Tobit and his family, and how it is that God brought fulfillment through to all of their families and, um, and healing. So there's so many different things that you can dive into, but dive into it. Next, forgive someone who you have not done so with yet. Yeah, whichever one, whichever person just came to mind, that's the one you need to try. That's where you need to start. The forgiving is not about them. It's not about forgetting, but it's about helping you experience God's love for you and being filled with his love and mercy so that you're able to have the peace that God wants you to have. So make it a point to begin or to do again, but forgive someone that you've neglected to do so. Finally, pray the rosary, uh, especially uh, meditate upon the sorrowful mysteries, um, meditate upon Jesus's crucifixion, uh, so that you can be reminded of how much God loves you. Meditate upon that. Meditate upon how much God loves you, that he died on the cross so that we might live. Hey there, Christina Simmons, and just wanted to briefly invite you to participate in another special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. And this is the Summer to Fall Audio Online Retreat. This retreat is going to be C.S. Reading from the Spiritual Classic, The Soul of the Apostolate by Dom John Baptiste Chattard. And it's going to also include a brief reflection and a daily resolution that's all designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So I invite you 
to join me for this special way for you to be able to continue to journey towards holiness. Just go to the website, say yes to holiness.com and sign up today. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.